Welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Callum. I'm Bobby. And I'm Blake. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62. And beyond. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. I'm glad Bri picked up on that unannounced sort of like, you know. Q. Q there, yeah. I think he did, yeah. with his silence. He's a smart no, I forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, so as you can hear, Callum, we're four of us tonight. Yes. We had, well, demanded, really, wasn't it, that uh, Bri was brought back on? Yeah, by Bri's wife? Yep. No, actually. And, by, and I'll yeah. be honest, she scares me, so. so. <laughs> <laughs> she scares Bri as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, other things that are missing from the pod tonight seems to be Bobby's notepad. Mm. Which is always a disappointment because you know, I can't nick it now. No. That's true. It's all locked up here. Yeah. Did you have stats from? There's the... nothing else much up there. That's no. Is that what it's what it's hidden is the fact that he hasn't got any stats from the test series, despite Callum promising us mm. at the beginning of the series. Unfortunately, there wasn't uh, a lot to do. I could only get a couple together, and it wasn't worth. I think there on. was quite an obvious one, but I didn't do the research on it because I thought he was going to do it. Uh, which was what? We'll come on to it later. Okay. Fair enough then. All right, fair enough. Um, anyway, so with the four of us, what have we got on tonight? And we've got an extra guest as well in a bit, so do you want to come on to that as well? I suppose. Um, yes, so we're going to obviously have a look at the uh, last England-Tonga game. Uh, Brian, we're joined by Brian for that and a couple of the other international games. Um and then for the second half of the pod, um, we're subbing Bry out, so yeah. Sos Bry, and uh, we're bringing in Johnny Lou to talk pro IMG. Yeah, just to have the flip side of the coin from uh, Gray's interview last week, uh, and uh, Johnny is very much in the uh, pro IMG camp, isn't he? Yes. So we'll see where that one takes us because we're a well balanced pod. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, should we uh, should we go on? Is there anything else to talk about before we go into it? Oh yeah, go go on. Um, there was another uh, race challenge. Bobby was challenged. I think. Oh, how much start? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, one of our red one of our regular listeners, Phil Rogers, Salford fan, Phil, uh, said, "I think that." Uh, Bobby would need a start. Okay, in my racing, Phil. Oh right, okay. But you're Sorry, not having, you're, you're not having that, are you? Bobby, uh, Brian, you know, you know Phil, don't you? Yeah. Uh, does, <laughs> does Bobby need a start? Um, yeah, he, he, he may be old, but he's a bit fit. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't weigh in too much on this one. I don't know. All right, fair enough. Uh, I, I'd, I'd say Bobby had needed a good thirty meter start ooh, in a hundred meter race. Thirty meters. Yeah. See, Phil, Phil lives Phil lives in Malvern, so it's very hilly. 
So he's, you know, he's very, he's always on the go down there as well. So well, it's practically, it's practically altitude as well, isn't it? So yeah, it Phil is, came yeah. down to race at like sea level. Yeah. So what we're saying is Phil is Mo Farah without the without drugs. without the without the yeah. without the drugs or the doorbell. Yeah. Well, we don't know that. Don't know. <laughs> he might answer us. Or with a bad trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also have to say happy birthday to uh, your daughter Callum don't we have to say happy birthday to Daisy yep. who was one on Sunday yes uh, who went round for the unveiling of the presents uh, which was a well it wasn't a quick affair was it it was quite a long drawn out affair opening the presents wasn't it well she was more interested in the empty boxes than the presents themselves so yeah. I know what to get for standards yeah yeah uh, Cheap but, Christmas. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so uh, happy birthday to Daisy as well this week. Thank you. So, uh, without further ado, shall we push on to the third and final test and a review of the series? Yes, let's. There's so much to love about rugby league in this part of the world and more than just the pork rolls at Warrington and the pies at Wigan. There's tradition and history and great grounds and great fans. And then there's the weather. And if you don't like it, well, you just have to put up with it. Tough titties. Yes, so we are into our third and final test of this series, and it was England 26, Tonga 4. Callum, much much of the same? Um, yeah, I thought it was probably the best one of the three, though. Um, just, I think, purely from some of the tries that we scored. Mm. I mean, I'll disagree. I thought it was the worst of the three. Did you? I think it was. I think the game itself was was terrible, and I thought Tonga were absolutely shocking in this game. But all, all three haven't been great. Let's no, be honest. No, Brian, where would you rank this one in in terms of one, two, and three? Um, I agree with Callum. Um, I, I I'd say it was the best of the three. Um, I think the atmosphere helped with that as well. To be mm. quite fair, yeah. you were you were there um, in this one, Brian, weren't you? No, not this one. Oh, I think sorry, those right, one. Right. No, but it was. Uh, uh, I spoke to a few people who were there. Um, said that who, who'd been to the other two as well. Um, they said that it was the best atmosphere as well. But that came across in the TV coverage. Um, I think. I think for me, it was. Was it fifteen thousand? Um, I'm not sure. I think, I think it, it was. was yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it was fifteen. Something. Just over fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Brian. Yeah, go but, on. But when I went, I, I was at the other field game, and I, as I say, we we made our own entertainment really at the, at that game. Mm-hmm. So because we 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 filtered in and out of the game to be quite fair, because it was a knock on on really, and at a stream. So I'd say that this third one was the best one. Mm. Does that? Secure leads as a test venue going forward, do you think, Callum? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think um, I think it was always going to be the highest attended, which usually leads to the best atmosphere, doesn't it? Um, but it's 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 a well-supported club, and it leads, you know, they're probably the best support, you get probably the highest average attendance and whatnot. And, and pretty uh, easy to get, pretty easy to get to as well from a lot of places. Yeah, for a lot of the the, 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 the teams, especially around, you know, West Yorkshire and stuff. Yeah. And and, 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 he, and even, um, you know, St. Helens and stuff, as, as much as the M62 is a nightmare, it's it's quite easy to get to. Yeah. 
Quite yeah. a funny story. I've got to tell you this. I, I forgot about this, right? So my my rugby team was doing um, a, a coach up there to to go and watch the game. Okay. So they went from me to up up to to Leeds. Obviously, I was away, so I didn't go. But um, the 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 coach broke down somewhere on the M62. <clears throat> So they had to order a second coach. Right. But in the meantime, one of the lads was going absolutely ballistic because he thought they were going to miss the game. Right. So he ordered himself an Uber to, to wherever they broke down on the M62. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so second coach arrives, and 30 seconds later, his Uber arrives. <laughs> So he cancelled the Uber and got in the second coach. And apparently the Uber driver was going absolutely ballistic at him because <laughs> he'd had to like look out for him on the M62. <laughs> and then he didn't even get on it. I'm not being funny, but let's, let's be honest here. The Uber driver is fuming because you have to look out for him. You have to look out for the big coach that was broke down in the yard show. But it's not, there's not going to be many, is there? That's brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. That is good. That's genius. Oh god. Um it's uh a comfort. I bet that was the highlight of the day as well. Probably yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a comfortable win though, uh Bobby, both in the actual individual match and the series, I suppose. Yeah, uh I think me and Callum spoke about this at, at length. Um and we said that it's one of them, isn't it? When you have a three-game test series, you almost want a you almost want it to be one all going into that final game, just so it mm. adds a little bit to it. But yeah, I think Callum was right in what he was saying, and and that was that England needed a three-nil victory mm. to look strong in front of the in, in front of World Rugby. Yeah, um, and I think they needed that, and I think they needed this game because the other two hadn't really lived up to that either. Mm. Well, what, what did you make though of, of Christian Wolf's comments, particularly like they took the series on just to help the English game? I thought it was quite rude. Um, I didn't particularly like it. I thought he's just he's acting out a little bit there, really. And I think he, it's clear that he doesn't like Sean Wayne either, does he? So I think he's uh, I think he's had a I think he's had a bit of a, a stab at him as well, really, hasn't he? Um, hasn't there been something else afterwards as well? Hasn't he said that um, he's not sure if some more are going to come over next year because David can either game with Tonga? Mm. Oh, yeah, there was. So, well, it's not been confirmed, has it, that England are going to play Samoa in a three-match series next year? And then Christian Wolf, after um, Callum had said that that he wouldn't bank on that because. They'd, they'd been in discussions with him. Yeah. But just on a wider point, I'll come back to Bry for that, but just on a wider point, he spent two years here at Saints mm. and had won two grand finals um, and, a, and a Challenge Cup, I think. Yeah. Um, he's not come across that well, I don't think, over this series. No, he's come across quite bitter, hasn't he? Which which I don't understand why. No, I don't. He, he never really. And, and he's got Paul Welland as assistant. Yeah, I don't think he, he he ever come across that way when he was at St Helens. But over this series, it, it's been quite bitter. To, you know, the, the after the first test, complained about the the rook speed and that he thought the referee had a poor game, and and then and then recently saying that they come over to help us, and it's like you're a tier two. Sam. Yeah, let's have it right. You're a tier two nation, so 
how on earth can you be coming over here to help the English game? Yeah. I, I don't know, it just all come across very bitter. And then the comments there about um, Samoa Bry is that, you know, uh, we might we might or might not now have a have a test series against another tier two nation, admittedly one that beat us in the semi final of the World Cup last year. Mm. Yeah, and we were, we've been discussing and we you've been saying on previous pods that we need the structure. So realistically, this has been cemented, and we keep on, we keep on banging on and banging on about it, don't we? That the marketing's not the best um, in our sport, but realistically, it's like after. At the wheelchair game on Sunday, they were advertising the Challenge Cup for next year. Mm. They were saying that the grand final tickets are going to go on sale this weekend coming with half price for adults. So they're advertising like, big games coming up. They should have had next season's test series in place, signed, sealed, and promoting tickets straight away now. Yeah. And But again, it's the RFL... We come every time you go. Oh, right, we're getting somewhere. It just falls flat, flat back to square one, doesn't it? So you're right because we do that for the grand final, don't we? Our Challenge Cup final. As soon as that one's over, they start selling tickets. Yeah, but without because there's a structure for it. Mm. So you know that the grand final is going to be like what second weekend in October. You, I mean, for you don't really quite know where the Challenge Cup final is going to be over the last few years because they've changed the dates of it. But at least it's yeah. But then they tell, they tell you straight away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they tell you straight away within a week of yeah. the final. Well, within a week of the ground of the Challenge Cup final, you know I've booked is. the hotel for the year, for the year after. Yeah. Well, I, I I read this I read this week and it was saying uh, it was talking about Sean Wayne and how England have played well, etc. And it was saying the only the only time that they'll have now to play again is this time next year, um, but it's not been confirmed, and there might be a possibility. Of a mid-season test, it's it's a ridiculous situation. Mm. Yeah. What, what do you mean? There might be a possibility of a mid-season test. They might be playing again this time next year, which is another new shirt, by the way. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> not, yeah. not get but back this, onto that one. But yeah, <laughs> this is the thing. A couple of weeks ago, used the theories were saying, "Where's the structure? What 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 are you actually building for? What are you playing for?" Mm. What what's he what's he building a squad for? Because he, obviously he's going. Oh well, there's there's places to look at, and you got to you got to make through the series. Mike Lewis has stood out. Um, Matty Aston's played well. Uh, Tom Johnson's done well defensively. You, you know you can pick out little bits. Yeah, and you're thinking like, well, what are you building for? What what as you, you said a couple of weeks back, what are you building for? What's the structure? Where where are you leading? Yeah, and right now, right now, back into the same place we were last year. Of well, when are England playing next? Mm. Do you think anybody, any of you, do you think this the Tongas, uh, the Test Series, what call it a tour, but the, the the Test Series? Does anybody think it's actually been a success? And if so, why? And if not, why? <clears throat> um, yes and no. Yes, just because we've had, we've had a test, we've had international games. Like that shouldn't be enough, though, should it? No, to make it, it, a success? It, it shouldn't. But because we've been so um, desperate for international games and we've just not had them, they, they've been so scarce, haven't they? Um, it's been mm. really, really good to see 
I, I, and to see us sort of play a nation that we've never played in a test series before. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it has been a success um, in that way. But I think overall, probably not everything that the Tonga didn't really put up a fight. Didn't did they? They got mm. they got close in the the first test, but it was let's be honest, it was one or two late tries. Mm. They've never really looked like winning, have they? No, ever. Um, everything felt kind of bitter coming from Christian Wolf. It was the 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 crowd by the last test. Well, the first one was okay, but the Uddersfield attendance wasn't great. Um, the just the promotion of it and the marketing of it has been pretty dreadful all round, hasn't it? Which is par for the course, anyway. But yeah, mm. right. Are we in as a as a nation, as a rugby league international nation? Are we in danger of of being isolated? As in, yeah. As in. New Zealand and Australia will always play each other. Mm. But then, are we in danger now of, of, I suppose, I don't want to say scraping the barrel, that's not the right word, but you understand what I mean. Uh, We're in danger of getting isolated. I think... Definitely. I I think we've said it before, but... And it's not our fault, this, in a way, but... we're, We're just unfortunate that we live on the opposite side of the world to where all the best players seem to be. I mean, you talk about a mid-season test next season, but does anybody really care? Because, let's be honest, it's going to be France again and we're going to put 60, 70-odd points past them again because they're not good enough to step up to England. Well, you're right. And we've tried other things, Bri, haven't we? Like, we've tried exiles and combined... Na- same thing, really, isn't it? Combined nations. Lost half of them as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we have, but we've tried that as well, haven't we? As a as a um, as a substitute for a test, haven't we? Yeah, and on on the two previous points, both both Callum and Bobby are spot on on what they're saying. And then you look at look at what we've tried and what we're trying to do. You're right. We are we are in the wrong part of the world, and yet we can we are going to get left behind. And the reason behind the reason being is because. The other nations aren't really that strong enough. Mm. But then we need to, it sounds like we, it feels like that we need to help them to then help us. So I know we're trying to play France and we're trying to play, we're playing France and it's not the best and it's not the best performance and it's, it's powder puff at best. But you, you feel that we need to try and do something. Otherwise, we are going to get left behind. So, so what sure that is, we don't know. So, first of all, let's deal with the mid-season stuff first. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm telling you now, there won't be one next season because they've moved the Challenge Cup final to June, so there definitely won't be one next year. Right. If there was, what's the answer? What What do we do as a mid-season representative rugby league? Well, what's the best challenge that we could have mid-season that is affordable and uh, plausible to do because you go, oh, we could probably do one against New Zealand, but you, you can't fly to the side of the world, can you? And they can't fly to this side of the world halfway through the season. So what's the best hair? Is it- it's either France or a combined nations, isn't it? Yeah. Or are we looking then towards some sort of origin series or something? 
Maybe. Is that is that a better option? I don't know. There seems to be um, a big a big chunk of fans now that just don't want that and, no. and think it would do more uh, harm than good. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. But then, if you come to the end of the season, we've had Tonga now. The rumours are <clears> that we've got Samoa. What What next is it? What next is it? Fiji? Is it? No, do you understand where <laughs> yeah. I'm going? Yeah, with it? It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, what's Papua the, New Guinea is Papua probably New the Guinea. best after that. Well, they, they did beat they did beat us when they played for Great, when they played Great Britain. Yeah. <laughs> well, supposedly, supposedly the structure was that it was going to be Tonga this year, Samoa next year. The year after that, we go to Australia, and then the year after that was the World Cup. Mm. So that was supposedly the structure. So when we when Sean Wayne got all excited about this Tonga series, and we were like, right, international rugby is back. We we can kind of see a, a pathway. That was what the pathway was. Yeah. And now Christian Wolf's just gone his own spanner in the works. And then because he said this and there's no no one from England or RFL are coming out and going, We're playing Samoa. Mm. We're doing this, we're doing everyone's now going, Well, what's actually happening? Well, is this gonna happen? Is this gonna go on? Mm. Well, where did Tonga go from here? Because they've they've if you like, made the big time, haven't they, I think, by having a Three match test series over here, yeah, because it's quite um, a credible feat, yeah. Mm. And they're now talking about playing Samoa, but what if what if that three match series with Samoa does come off for us? Where do Tonga go with it? What do Tonga do? Don't know. Do they have? Do they? Do they do what they've done this year with this sort of uh, what they call it, the Pacific Championship? Do they do yeah. another one of them and they're just back, they're back into that and swap uh, with and Samoa swap if you with like? Samoa, yeah. Probably, probably that would probably be the. Is yeah, that what happens? happens? I think the best thing that's happened is what happened in the Pacific Championship because Australia and I'll be like, right, we need revenge kind of thing. We need to get our own back. Well, so I yeah. think that will happen again next year. Okay, well, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come on to that in a little bit rather than move on to that now because I just want to go back to a couple of points on the, the match, on the actual match on Saturday. Um, Callum, a tale of two centres. Um, one who's not a centre who played really well, yeah, and one who is a centre who, who was absolutely appalling on either side. So I'm talking about obviously Ben Curry and uh, Conrad Hurrell or Conrad Hurrell as he's now. Oh, that to be wound now. me up. That. What's that about, by the way? That wound he's me up. That. Conrad Hurrell for all his career, and then last Saturday, was it Dave Woods. Yeah. You can't call Hurrell. him. You can't call him the Hurrell Kane, can you? Oh, it wound me up. That some at first, you know. What's oh, that about? I don't know. Stop trying to make him fancy. Yeah. Conrad Harrell. Not Rugby Union. And, <laughs> and then John Keir started saying it as well. Yeah, he did. Well, I don't understand that. So it was just horrible, innit? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, two centres, Callum. Um, yeah, Ben... I mean, I, I, I thought it was going to be John Bateman that ended mm-hmm. up there. Um, I thought they might have brought Liam Farrell in after him not getting on the week before. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and Bateman has played at centre for England in the past. He played well, though, Bateman, didn't he? He, he did play well. And he did play well because I thought, especially the first test, yeah. I thought he was awful. Mm. I don't think he's had a very good test series, but he had a cracker of a third one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Ben, ben Curry um, doing really well. He got himself a try, didn't he? A nice try and, and, and played really well for somebody who... who 
let's be honest, he's, he's filling in. Um, I think my, my, my biggest gripe with it is just that that at an international level like that, if 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 Toby King's injured or rested or whatever, that we haven't got another centre out and out centre that can can come in. I, I just totally agree. I, I think just find it bizarre yeah. that we're sort of doing um, square pegs round holes I, type thing. I was really shocked when that Curry was playing at centre. So was I. I mean, he did really well and didn't look out of place at all. So credit to him. I'm not. I'm going to go at him. It's he shouldn't just, be, should he? No. You know, I know that I think they said Mark Percival was carrying a knock, who's probably the obvious replacement number four, isn't he? If mm. if if King's not playing. Mm. Um but I, I just refuse to believe that there's not another centre knocking about. No. And what about the other one then? Um I'd be desperately worried if I was a St Helens fan because they've given him another twelve months and he just looked like an under twelves player. Defensively, he was all over the place, wasn't he? And I think the frustrations of like some of the punches and things. Like that. And I looked mm. at him and thought, "Why are you just diving? Why are you diving third man in there? Just get back in the line." Punching. Who was it that he give a few digs to? Uh, I can't remember. Who was, was it? Bright. McMeekin. I think it was McMeekin, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, McMeekin. And I, I mean, I've never ever seen him do anything like that. No. And I think that was just frustration at his own performance. To be completely honest, but I, I think I think you're absolutely right there. Um, Bry, I think if you're a Saints fan, you're a, um, a little bit worried maybe because his defensive attributes seem to be dwindling month by month. I said before the South Saints Islands, I my people read that if I was any attacking coach, you would attack Connor Cuddle because he was absolutely dire. Mm. He hasn't really improved at St. Helens. He's just been lucky that who he's had on his wing mm-hmm. to cover him, basically. Um, <clears throat> bit tongue in cheek. He probably might have been a bit of muscle memory being back at Edenley and just throwing in a performance like he used to for Leeds. But yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you, it's very worrying. Um, mainly because <laughs> things don't look like they're doing anything in the backs, really. So. Um, bringing anyone in um, rumours flying about but you uh, rumours aren't they so um, could be a long season you would be worried it's yeah. very very long season I'd say if it, I I think Saints have got lucky because of the quality that he's had either side of him yeah um, to cover him because um, realistically Con, uh, he, he was brought in by Christian Wolf to be cover for the forward wasn't he really so he went, he, I don't think he was in a plan to play centre initially. No, that's right. Um, but yeah, just, I, I think I, I, I'm like very worried. He just looks like he's finished overnight. Yeah. Because before he, he got, I think he got injured about, what, halfway, three quarters of the way through the season. <clears throat> so for the first half, first three quarters, with ball in hand, he was probably Saints' most devastating player mm. with in attack. Mm. And he got that injury, then he couldn't make the squad for essentially the biggest game of their season mm. in that semi-final wasn't fit enough for whatever reason um, and can't get in at Tonga because they've managed to bring what they see as better centres in mm-hmm. in Penasini and Sule mm-hmm. 
So he manages to scrape a game in a third test because... Only because of his last one. Yeah, because he's retiring now from international. It's a dead rubber, he's retiring, they've chucked him in and he just looked awful. Mm. I agree. Um, Awful performance. Yeah, yeah, worrying. Um, Somebody who wasn't awful, or Bobby, uh, was Harry Smith. Yeah, I thought he had a great game in this. Um, Especially after what we said last week and around the, the, the control of the halves and how harsh it was to drop one or the other. and it, What do we know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it did seem like he... I mean, we we said from the start, didn't we, it was going to be Mikey Lewis, yeah. uh, who dropped out for George Williams, but uh, I think Smith clearly showed his class and showed why he was probably deserved to be kept in over Lewis in the mm. end as well. I, yeah, we did say that, but I said I would have dropped Smith rather than Lewis, and he... It blew up in my face a bit. It that. did because mm. he was the best player on the pitch. I thought. Yeah, and I thought Williams showed his class coming back. Maybe that well. helped Smith flourish a bit more, having a I bit mean, more Williams. of an established halfback who can I, take, I take yeah. a yeah, bit more totally of the agree. control rather than yeah. two rookies. I think that probably but, helped him really flourish. But what a game he had! Yeah, yeah, brilliant, and really well done to get man of the series as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we said we we sort of said on the pod last week we sort of disagreed who we'd who we'd leave out mm. looked to be the right decision. I mean the kick cross field from Williams, yeah, the bullet the bullet pass, yeah, um, um, for White was it Whitehead? Yeah, I think Newman took it. Didn't yeah, he? Newman, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, well my re- my reasoning for for dropping Lewis uh, for for dropping Smith over Lewis last week because in my head I was you know I was thinking it's been quite a dull test series let's be honest and the yeah. only flashes of brilliance really have come, come from, from Mikey Lewis yeah. yeah so I was like I just want to see a bit of flair and stuff uh, yeah but he he, he, he way showed it they talk about processes and all yeah. this sort of stuff and Smith was like really controlling of that yeah he did really well and I think they complemented each other really well yeah so uh, that that was good um, do you want to touch on the uh, before we finish on the international stuff? Just want to finish with uh, we have we have to give mention to the uh, uh, Australian nil New Zealand thirty in the Pacific Test final. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, what what does that mean? If if does it does it mean anything? Yeah, Australia lost thirty nil. Yeah, obviously. yeah. Means everything to me now. Because <laughs> um, Brian touched on an important point before about they'll want revenge, and does it does it alter their thinking in international rugby? Yeah, yeah. Mal doesn't have to be on the beach as many days in the month. Uh, and yeah, he's going to have to get out of bed six days a year now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's doubling his workload. <laughs> but yeah, I think you'd be foolish to think that they're not embarrassed by that. Because they sort of really pride themselves on being and, number one, don't they? And and turn them over easily a couple of weeks before. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Week yeah. before, Isn't actually the week. Yeah, the before. week before. Yeah. Um. So they'll they'll be pretty embarrassed by that. I mean, that's a record defeat, and I, I mean, it's not very. I mean, it's not very often they lose a game. No, never mind get yeah. nailed, which I thought was the yeah. obvious start about we, when yeah. was the last time within nailed if ever. Absolutely. Well, I, yeah, I, I did know that actually I was going to bring it up. Did they, was, have they ever been nailed? They have. The last time they were nailed was back in 2005, and that was also to the hands of New Zealand. They won 24 nil back in 2005. I thought it would have been a lot longer there than that. Mm. But now that you've said it, was that over the remember. Mm. Well, sorry, Bri. Was that over the year in this country? 
I couldn't tell you where. I'm I just, sure. I, 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 I know it was. All I know it was, it was the record defeat, and that was what beat it. But I, were I they don't ever Tri Nations? Yeah, could yeah, have been. Possibly. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, let's be honest, Brian. I mean, you know, they lose less games than the Harlem Globetrotters, don't they? What does this You look at the team. It was okay. You've got, you've got Dylan Edwards on the wing, but other than that, it was closer, full strength, mm. and. And you, I'm not. You can't say like like we have with Heavenly that the car got behind them and stuff. The car did get behind them, and, but it, it weren't it weren't a, it weren't a factor like it would be if you went to Tonga. It, you know what I mean? If you got yeah. beaten Tonga, mm. but again, but you, the, the way they the way they played, they just it, it was like they, they were already planning their whole days, wasn't it? It, it, it? it was one of them performances the whole FC normally put in with two games left to go in the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we've got nothing to play for, lads. You know, where, where we got them? Benador? Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, right. Oh, that's the winger. He's gone and scored. Oh, but anyway, who's going to first round it? It was one of them, they, you know what I mean? It was... It, it was a poor... Way, yeah. yeah, it was. It was a very poor, poor performance. And they should... They should be embarrassed and they should be looking at themselves and they should be looking in the mirror and going, this isn't good enough. Because... Brilliant, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. But it's, it's exactly what they should be doing right now. They should be. One of the one of the biggest things that I took from, from this and what was surprising me was how... I understand, don't get me wrong, I understand in their heads, it's, you know, it's a massive defeat. They've been nilled and it's the, the record-breaking one. But what what surprised me in a way was how much the journalists and everyone did rip Malmeninger to shreds for it. I understand in that context it sounds a bit weird, but what I wanted to ask you is, was this time last year he won him a World Cup and this year they're calling for his resignation saying that he should step down after that. Mm. Do you think they're sulking? Or do you think they just devalue the World Cup that much that they think they can nah, walk it every time? It... Aren't they? They're do properly embarrassed. Do you, think... do you remember that? Do you remember we had a lad working for us who was absolutely convinced that he could manage PSG to the French League title? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit like that with this, isn't it? Anybody mm. could manage Australia to the World Cup. It's a bit like that. Except Andy Lash. <laughs> yeah, except yeah. Andy Lash. Yeah. Did they need... Malmaning is not a coach. He's not, and and, and a lot for of Queensland people said he wasn't that. a coach. He's a figurehead. But at, but at that level, do you have to be? Do you, or does your man management just have mm. to be spot on? Yeah, which is why they've appointed yeah. him, isn't it? Mm. Because you don't have to be an X's and O's guy, do you, so to speak, at that level? Because these are the, the best players in the world by an absolute mile. Yeah. They know what they're doing. You give them a basic game plan as such, and your man management's do you think- spot on, then you, you're going to... You're going to have success, aren't you? Absolutely. Do you think there is a backlash with with this within like within the game within Australia, or do you think it's a more of a case of, oh well, we've lost. That's not great, uh, but it's all right because the NRL starts again in a couple of months. No, I think I, I, I think there's there's probably a backlash, but for how long? Yeah, hmm. I'd say there'd be more of a backlash if Tonga had beat England, you know. Hmm. I, I don't know because they 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 pride themselves, don't they, on being the absolute best every year. Mm. I mean, they've not played for three, but you know, <laughs> and a lot of the one they did before that was to Tonga. So you and know, let's, let's hope they yeah. did, they're not 
you know they do play in the next three. So. And I think if they do, I think you'll see a different attitude. Yeah, there's been a lot of players coming to the firing line as well. Tedesco's had an absolute barrel full. Uh, Edwards, but not really through his own fault. It's it's like he's not a winger, so if he's not at fullback, don't pick him. I've seen the hammer come in for some blows. Harry Grant, he got really. Yeah, he got, he there's, got there's been a lot of players. As a, Isaiah Yo got absolutely I, hammered from what I. Yeah, saw. I, do, I do think as a team. There, this is probably that's probably like one of the poorest sets of players that I've seen for Australia for a while. I, I, re, I really do. I Where really do. though? It, it's it's the centres and the no, wing. No, no, in I'm, it, not really. saying, I'm not saying. And I think it's endemic of the game. And I think you, I think you're sort of saying, are these are these players that are in this team? Would they have beat the Australian Test team from ten years ago? Let's say. Um, no. Or maybe they bless them because they've got people like Slater, Thurston, Smith, well, that, was that sort of a, thing. I want to say Gallen. a golden generation, but you could go back and a that, 10 years and you go, and well, they probably beat them. And, you go back, and then you can go all the way back to like 82, which, 84. Which, like. which is my point in saying, have they no longer got an absolute star-studded golden generation? So are, are they obviously more beatable because they've, looked, they've suffered a 30-0 defeat, but are they more, are they more beatable for the rest of the world? Maybe, and maybe that has a lot to do with these uh, players going and play for heritage countries, like Brian Toto would get in over Dylan Edwards, even mm. though he's that's great on the for the game. Wing. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. But I'm just saying that might be uh, like detrimented them a little bit, yeah, because they're deciding to go and play for, you know, Crichton probably would have got in at centre, yeah, if mm. he's decided. Um, Trying to think of all the others, but there's loads in there that you could go. Yeah. You probably play for Australia. Yeah. On on the other end of the scale, though, um, on the other end of the scale, as much as you're criticising Mal Meninga, you've got to give credit to Michael Maguire as well. He's obviously led New Zealand to a great Pacific Championship win, and going into the role as I, th- I think he's either favourite or been announced as New South Wales new coach. So, but he is a proper coach. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. but New South Wales must be looking happy now, thinking maybe we've got the right man here. Yeah. Mm, well, the last one wasn't much good, was he? That'd be no. top of my CV, that, if I was Madge. You'd be like, uh, your name and date of birth and all that or whatever, and then you'd just be like, number one, nailed Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Record-breaking win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. All right. 11 right. months after the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> right, just before we let you before we let you go, um, you had a, uh, just briefly, you had a, a quick, uh, you had a, a, a good day at the wheelchair um, international, didn't you? And you watched the uh, the women's international this weekend, didn't you? Yeah, the the wheelchair was amazing. Um, a really good event. Um, showed that on the back of last year's success of the World Cup, that there is hunger for this arm of the sport. Well, I heard there was, um, I heard there was queues to get in, wasn't there, Bri? Yeah, there was queues. We we had to queue to get in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the 2000, I think it was 2,400-ish, they're, they're about, and yeah, queuing to get in. And you know what, the game was, the game was pretty much what was expected, um, a tough loss. Um, they weren't at the best England, but you know what, for, for, I think the day was more about what the sport can do than more than what happened actually on the on the pitch, um, and it was a massive success the whole day. Um, the women, amazing again. And the first thing is Wales stepping up from where they've been like three years ago to where they are now. They're proper putting the hand up. Um, 
similar to the England men, they only really had the women only really had France to play in the past. Yeah. But where, I, I know the scoreline didn't look the best, but they lost the captain uh, in midweek, and they lost the then captain for the day about ten minutes into the game. They had a few more injuries, but they've got some quality players, and they will be a good a good team. They played France the week before. And I had a good a good game against them, so I think um, I think the women's game in all uh, uh, on the whole is on the rise. Wait, where you got players moving clubs like Shona Hoyles left St. Helens this week yeah. um, to go and join Leeds, and she's probably the best in her position in this country. It's it's just they're, they're both both them arms of the sport are on the rise, and it's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, really is. I tell you what, and, no, and just no. one more point before I, I'm, I'm disappointed with Callum there. He oh, talks about golden generation, about about Australian, he didn't say green and gold generation. Oh, come on, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, uh, I tell you one thing for sure though. Uh, if I'd have seen a queue at the uh, wheelchair rugby, I wouldn't have been. I'd have been straight at the front. <laughs> I'd have been. I, I would not have been queuing. Should you believe me when I said I'd have been pushing right in? You I was fourth. I, yeah, I, I was fourth. I was fourth at the front. You wouldn't have been able to push I, I, I saw, Bri. You wouldn't have I, let you. Right. I'd have just said, oh, thanks listen. for holding me space, Bri. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, listen, it would have been... It, it wouldn't have been me you'd be trying to push him front. I would have been Freddy. You wouldn't have had a chance, it. lad. I'd have given him a kick. I'd have been all right with it. Brilliant. <laughs> right, listen, Bry, thank you for joining us. And uh, we will speak to you. We're doing our review of the season next week to finish off this season's pod. Uh, so we will speak to you then as part of the review, won't we? Yeah. Cheers, boys. It's been a, it's been a pleasure as always. Don't sound so surprised, new, new. Brian. You know. New, new, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Brian. I'm just a fan, Alan. That's all. Your biggest fan. Yes, and we said we'd have some balance, didn't we, uh, for this uh, for this week's pod uh, for a pro IMG, and we couldn't think of anybody better to have on the program this week because, well, we've we've had him on before and. Uh, and we're delighted to have on. He's come under a different, a number of different guises. He's been known as uh, <laughs> Mr. Rugby League. <laughs> He's been known as the infamous Johnny Lou. And personally, my favourite is that clueless Lou kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm delighted uh, to introduce uh, our uh, one of our favourites and Ellen's fans, uh, Johnny Lou, Johnny, welcome once again to the LFP. Guys, thank you for having me. And by the way, I haven't christened myself any of them. So uh, <laughs> even even the clueless Lou kid, I couldn't have thought of that one. <laughs> <laughs> is your is your Twitter handle still going as Mister Rugby League, or have you changed it again since? Uh, yeah, I had to uh, I had to get rid of it because even my ego couldn't, um, couldn't manage it. So, I mean, that was a Lee fan that gave me it, which is, you know, it's always a pleasure to be complimented by those on the other side of the hill. Exactly. <laughs> Quite right, Johnny. Brilliant. In, well, in the ballroom, Wigan. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we're going to talk about, we're going to revisit IMG. We had Graham last week who was uh, quite scathing about IMG and its processes, etc. Yeah. But you're not, are you? You love it, don't you? Yeah. 
Where, oh, where, well, where, do you want, where do you want to start? We're going to leave this one to you. We're going to leave this one with you, Johnny. Where do, where do you want to start? Well, first of all, I think it's always great to remember where rugby league is at the minute. In England, it's not in a great spot, and we have been in a downward spiral pretty much for the back end of, what, 10 years or so? Ever since like, the Super 8 fiasco and all that rubbish that went about. And it's kind of good to realise that kind of about steadying the ship because the RFL are that incompetent that they keep overseeing this downward trajectory that rugby league has and we know we've got a great product um, the problem is is there's lots of differences within the sport both over in Australia over here and internationally that kind of brings it all down with kind of you know separate rule books kind of there's no cohesion within the actual sport which is something that football really has. And I think that rugby league needs to start kind of realising that we need one rule book and to kind of to, to make it understand personally. But the RFL themselves, they just don't market the sport well. They don't utilise what they've currently got. So we've had to bring IMG in because like back in the 70s, we have to uh, get outside help. But unlike the 1970s, we actually listened to it and the 80s, and, and we really, really go with it, because this is about sustainability now. This is about sport that's profitable, well, sport that can actually thrive. Well, let me ask you then, let me ask you then, if we didn't listen to it in the 70s and the 80s, why are we going to listen to it now? Because I think now we're, we're really on death's door at the minute. Um, I think you, you can kind of see it with the clubs that are going bust, left, right and centre over the last few years. Um, and also, I think the problem is with the RFL is have a worldwide search for your next big CEO, hire the bloke in the office next door. That just breeds incompetence because they've been in the same systems and they've been in that same mentality and that atmosphere for so long mm. that there's no way to move and there's no fresh blood and there's no way you can look at it from an outside perspective, which is exactly what the RFL needs. They're, they're in a real point where, in my honest opinion, gone with IMG at all, and I'd have just gone to the NRL, gone, right, you can have us for free, run our sport, use our money so you're not losing anything, and please, you know how to run a rugby league competition. Do it. Do whatever you did. Do that 25-year plan that he came up with after the Super League war because bloody hell, it's working over there. And I get that people say that they've got a different culture, a different sporting culture to us, but... Do you, do you think Generally? they'd listen to the NRL? Because they don't seem to be listening to anybody, do they? So what, do you, what makes you think they'd listen to them? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I don't think they'd listen to them. What I'd, what I'd ideally want them to do is just give it them. <laughs> just mm. say, look, we can't do it. We physically can't do it. We've had a hundred and odd years, well, since, what, 1895, and we're still not to create a sport that's full-time throughout, you know, pretty much top two divisions. We haven't even got a sport that can have a full-time top division at the minute. So, you know what I mean? We, we just constantly seem to be on backwards, and this is a, this is a, an organisation that's been going for, what, 120? Mm. No. Yeah. You know, over over hundred years anyway, and it's it's just like it's constant. 
failures. And that's why ING have come in to, to create sustainability and create that that short-term balance for long-term growth, which, um, Andy, I mean, you, you pointed out on the last podcast when you made the statement, um, ING care about rugby league only money. Mm. Well, without money, there is no rugby league. So surely if ING only care about money and putting and gaining money and making it profitable, that can only contribute more to rugby league because you can have more going into the grassroots. And let's face it, we need, with um, with with any sport, your foundations have to be stable and rugby league at the minute isn't. We've got constant change in budgets and, and it's just never, it's never going to work, is it? In, in the current model and the current state that we're in. Yeah, no, I I do agree with you in terms of in terms of the money side of it. I think my biggest gripe in all that in, in in what you just said about the money side of it is that you're right. We've had all these times to get together, and you're right that we we've had a, a CEO that's then they've appointed the bloke in the next office. You know, we've had the head of operations and the the CEO. We've both walked away with a quarter of a million pound payoff, and, oh, have, been, and have been praised. For the, for the job that they've done, right? And we still find ourselves in this. Now, from my days in Sport England, Sport England funds Rugby League mm-hmm. through DCMS, the Department of Culture and Media Sport. They give money to Sport England. Sport England then give money to the governing bodies, not just Rugby League, all the governing bodies. Yeah. And my problem is, is that... <clears throat> I know that Rugby League on their four or five year funding cycle. So what they'll say, what they'll announce is they'll say, well, we've been awarded X number of million pound, 20, 30 million pound, let's say, over this four year cycle. Right. What they don't say is, is that there's a review of that cycle over two years, halfway through it. And if you're yeah. not meeting your targets halfway through it in terms of community Rugby League, in terms of numbers of engagement and all this, that and the other, you have to give money back. Mm. Yeah. And, and I know there's a lot of sports in that cycle, rugby league included, over the years that have had to give money back to Sport England DCMS because they've not been hitting the targets. Now, what I don't see is who's accountable for that because I don't see that within departments, etc. And therefore, we end up we end up then relying on on an external. Uh, an ex- an external verification, if you like, from IMG, because we're not meeting targets that have been set to us through government on funding cycles, and therefore, therefore, as you said, Johnny, we're in a we're in a um, a funding spiral, if you like. Mm. Yeah, that, that's my exactly main that. that's my main gripe with it. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree, and and at the end of the day, that's kind of a really problem. We've never, we never, um, we never have that person to kind of take responsibility, and we never have the right department set up. It seems to me, like with the with the whole community game at the minute. I mean, you've seen it when we got rid of the national, when we lost the national lottery funding, and London had London and the Midlands had like um, they had all their funding like cut massively, and then they put them into like competition managers. Yeah, and. They, 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 they literally did nothing ground level so then you spin the community game just basically die your death in like around Northampton and 
and especially around the London area, which you've got what, a third of the population of England in that southeast. Yeah. You're just there pulling that money and putting it in towards managers. And let's face it, rugby league and managers don't really go well, as we see with like our CEOs and, and top management officials. And wasting money in rugby league is something that we've really become like second nature to. Mm. Whereas, especially like even in the international game, you've got the International Rugby League having meetings in Singapore. They have had two meetings in Singapore in the last 18 months. Why are they flying halfway across the world, wasting that money when they can just jump on teams on the right time zone? Mm. So it's, it's like it, it seems to be a rugby league problem about the whole system that they just kind of don't care about finance side, they don't care about what they're actually doing with the money, and they don't care about where it actually goes, which is a massive issue, which is why pooling the money together and really looking after it and creating new advertising streams and revenue streams is so essential to rugby league at the minute. And that's why I like with the ING categories when it comes into the digital marketing screens, so the, the screens and the big screens, the LED lights, that is getting the same points as Challenge Cup and people are moaning about that. Like, you will make more money over the course of a season with the advertising boards at your ground than you will of winning the Challenge Cup, which is why them points are distributed the way they are. It's to create them revenue streams. And you look at you look at the RFL in general, one thing that is quite controversial, but I actually really think Salford needs to have a look at, we need big media markets in rugby league. That's why we need the likes of London. That's why when we had Toronto in, it was so good for um, an advertiser's point of view, the first transatlantic team, etc. I know that didn't work out, but now the next big media outlet, apart from London, that have now just come up, was Leeds. Mm-hmm. There's no real major city. There's Salford, yeah, but from a wider perspective, and you want investors coming to your sport, we got this club that keeps having money issues, that keeps having trouble getting investment. Why do we still stick with the name Salford? Mm. Manchester. I know it sounds horrific Salford fans and they're going to probably kick off at me. But oh, why? No, they'll, they'll kick off at all. Well, thanks for that, Johnny. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, no, but why, why are we sat on these gold mines? Of places, especially something like Manchester, Manchester Red Devils, they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't sue them because they got the Red Devil for Manchester United off Salford Red Devil off the Salford City Reds back in the 1950s, and they got described in the French newspaper as the Red Devil. That's how the uh, United took them, so they couldn't do anything about that. And yet today, like they did in Australia with the West Tigers, you're saying to me. Fans from that major rebrand, but yeah, if they've got a major investor coming in, plowing money in, the competition goes up. They are in the playoffs year after year, winning a grand final. You're saying to me, then fans won't go there in their old gear cheering them on, mm. like they did it with the West Tigers in 2005. Like, there's that a point with Salford where the risk versus reward is probably ten times more on the reward side than on the risk because they're at a point where we need that media market and we need them places. 
I'll just take you back to um, the, the grading that you mentioned before, John. Yeah. Um, and the on-field performance side of it. Just talk to me about that, Seth, because that's only worth five points out of a possible 20. 25%. So, should that, do you not think that should be more? Because you have better on-field performance, you're more successful, that breeds for bigger crowds, um, more income that way, or are the advertising boards still more important? It depends, because I think what IMG are wanting is they're creating that sustainability and more revenue streams. So, if you need more money into the sport and we can't get it through the investment because of the current limitations I think we've got to create it sustainable, sustainably so um, to get that money in I think it's absolutely right that it probably should be the same route as domestic success um, but I don't I think for me stadiums should be worth more than fandom so because for me if you're going to create to get more people in, you have to have a better stadium. Like if you want to take your girlfriend or you want to take your, your wife and kids to a game, are you really going to take them to Castleford away? Because it's not really a family-orientated stand for, for, for a new-coming fan to kind of look at. Um, because at the end of the day, would you really want... It's like the Aussies are having the argument with like our Oval at the minute because is it really somewhere that they want families to keep going to? Because it's not, you know, probably the right place. Um, not It doesn't seem professional from the outside point of view as well if you're going to entice new fans to go to your ground. But at the end of the day, and especially now we've got six games on the TV every week pretty much on Sky or in other forms, I think that aesthetic has to be looked at more from marketing point of view, so that would be one I'd put on more. I mean, but the, again, the domestic success—it it depends, though, doesn't it? So at the end of the day, we are a sport. I think if you're I'm a fan of the sport as well, I agree with what you're saying about the stadiums and things like that. They do need modernising and they need bringing into the, yeah. this century a lot of them. Um, but I think if you're going as a fan, first and foremost, I want to see my team win trophies. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's very I do, true. I do think. I would have given more grade into the community side of it. Yeah. Because I think that's where yeah, you, that's, that's, that's yeah, where yeah, you yeah, link. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think two and a half without again when you look at the percentages, twelve and a half percent or whatever. Yeah. On the community yeah. impact. You know, we talk about building um, you know, building a, a community, building better community clubs, better better programmes in schools, better programme with juniors. Mm. I do think that I do think that, that has been slightly misgraded, I think. Yeah. In, in that. Yeah, Just, I agree with that. You know, I mean I think something that you mentioned there, Johnny, was about you talked about Toronto there. And it's like yeah. um you know, all of a sudden then after Toronto, for a while, we were rumoured about New York. <laughs> yeah. Like, and Ottawa, well, I think Ottawa, was where, where does about, the, where yeah. does the, where does the strategy come from? That it's just mm. like it's it's <clears> odd, isn't it? It's like throwing a dart at a map and going, "Did there? Yeah, do it. <laughs> oh, Luxembourg. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that'll do. Luxembourg Lions. They'll yeah. be good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, I'd buy a season ticket there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yes, you're right. I mean, I mean, Toronto. Uh, I don't know whether I don't know. That, the ins and outs of the failures, there's all sorts of different rumours, whether it's the owners not paying the players, whether or not COVID finished them off with travel and all that type of stuff. I suspect it was a mixture of everything. Well, then you're saying, oh, well, we'll have that, or we'll have that, and then we'll have it, like you said, Come, we'll have Ottawa, we'll have New York, mm. we'll have this. 
there doesn't seem to be any sort of strategy in building the, the sustainability and the and and the, the um, I suppose the enlarging of the game and and the, as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's why, like the NRL at the minute with the Las Vegas venture, they're, they're creating a three-year plan and then to eventually go into a ten-year plan with that. And also the way they've marketed that event has been superb. So I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the stadium outside where yeah. they've got it literally plastered. Um, yeah. Australia's Australia's number one sport is coming to Las Vegas mm-hmm. on a massive sign outside the stadium, and that's going on there up until February. And like it's it's just like they really targeted that. I know they've got the money to do it. That's fine, and they've got obviously the gambling companies that are massively backing it, and that that's the main reason Peter Valandi just took it over there. Mm. Um, that and to get the American government on the side for the PNG team, but that's a completely different story. Well, um, I was just going to say about that. There's, a, there's an ex, as well as that with the NRL. There's an excitement, isn't there, about like the 17th team and then the 18th team? Yeah. Where will it be? Who's exactly. going to have got it? A well, but they've got a strategy. We're just saying, tell you what, let's have one in New York. Yeah. When we can't get like yeah. London to work, for example. Yeah. We can't get teams in our own country <laughs> to work, but we're going to go we're, to we're America. Just good to have New York. Yeah. And, and it's it just like, oh well, as, as a board of directors, we fancy a trip to New York. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, where do you fancy going? Uh, I like. Where's that one that uh, Home Alone (laughs) stays? We'll stay there. (laughs) My mum lives in my mum lives in Ottawa. I could go and see her. (laughs) Bobby, you've got you've got a question for Johnny. You've got a point to bring up with Johnny, haven't you? Yeah. So obviously, Johnny, what 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 happens with teams in in sense that that scored lower and lower down the system? You know, you've got teams like like London who realistically might only be in in super league this season because of of, of their their grading so you know what's the point in them turning up this season and you not only that but you've got teams with history like your white havens and mm. your your everywhere Honest like that it, right <laughs> you know I what happens that. with what happens history. with them it, it more more to the point with that johnny i think as well is about what happens to like what happens to those teams outside of the twelve or outside of the fourteen? The the, the real, and I'm not talking about the ones that are like thirteen to sixteen. I'm talking about the ones that are like twenty four to thirty four. Let's yeah. say. I think I think what you will end up seeing is we will go to an NRL sort of format over the years, and where your cream that wants to invest, that can afford to invest, that want to improve, that want to stay, that want to fight for their community. They will survive. The ones that don't, they will end up dropping out into the non-league. And I think it's going to end up being the cream rise to the top sort of thing, yeah. which might not sound great, but I think we have to kind of look at it now. As um, we talk about that, these clubs have had a hundred and odd years to build a success and they've still not managed to do it. They've still not managed to make themselves marketable. And at the end of the day, if if you know what, if that if that's what happens, and they do, but they, every club has got a part to play in rugby league, whether it's community and upwards, mm. whether it's you know your local side that you go to play for, whether it's your, your you know your little kid that you, you, your little lad that you can take to every game. If you're in Cumbria. You're not going to not stop want to go watch White Haven if you're a White Haven fan, regardless of that success and the um, thing that the uh, aura of Super League. In, in my opinion, I mean, if you're if you're really you know 
cat up until you die, but you get dropped to the championship and you stop going, like Bradford. Like, are you really a, a, a proper supporter of that team? What that, that's my that's okay. my kind of gripe with it. What happens then? Two scenarios. What happens if A, we get more than 12 A grades? And B, yeah. what happens if we don't get 12 A grades? And uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to the London comment first. Um, I think with the 24, like position-wise, um, and you say like, you know, next year, what's the point in them even competing? I think it's more the, the fact that they now know where they can improve, that they now know what they can do. I think the catchment area that they get, is it, is it Merton or something like that? I mean, it shouldn't be. It should be London. That's why they rebranded the London Broncos was to catch the whole of London. I think most of the supporters come from the likes of Kent and around there. So you've got like 9 million people there that sat on your doorstep. And if you're only giving them Merton as a, as a, as a catchment area, then that's kind of like one little district of London kind of shocking on that. So that is one floor of the categories. And I think you'll find that there will be little changes over the years to them categories that will kind of see you like see your London's and your big media markets come up to more of a forefront. And, um, and then, yeah. So, uh, and then if we do have more than 12 grade A clubs, I think what we will kind of see is we'll see, Sustainable clubs, most sustainable that score the highest will be your grade A to start off with. And then I could see us kind of going into an East and a West division, like you were saying last week, Andy, where um, rather than a League One and a League Two, it's kind of goes into like, you know, your New South Wales Cup and your Queensland mm. Cup. Uh, and I, you'll have a, yeah. an East, West and a South. Yeah. Um, I do think that will end up coming into effect because yeah. it will limit costs. Yeah, especially. I, I, I said that last week. I think it'll be a regional thing. I, I, I yeah. agree. I, I, I do, agree, I just because it'll limit costs as well, which will then, you know, yeah. burden to them owners. And then also, you'd have then your NRL, like we were saying before, where you've got your 17th team, the Dolphins, and they've got an 18th team, a 19th team. Okay. I think then it will start going into your licensing and your bidding from then on because I think that's the only way we can get an effective way and an effective plan and build um, for the future is if we do do that yeah. at the end of the day you've got you've got all this TV and advertising revenue to be made over the next couple of years with you know Sky and this TV deal that we got there was a lot of slander um, about the TV deal not, not slander but like kind of like you know it's it's less money, is it real value for the sport? And I'm very much an advocate on, you know what, to take the hit this year, to get every game on Sky and buy that all six games for three years, I was like, if it leads to a bigger TV deal, a much bigger TV deal after them three years, that's great. But then my problem is, is the reports coming out that the RFL want to charge £7 a game for four games. Yeah. And then every week to for the costs of the club and to give back to the clubs yeah. rather than doing what the NRL did. And NRL had, had the model. They, they wanted every game on telly in order to create advertising revenue, in order to create, yeah. you know, as a club, you can go, right, we've got these electronic screens and every game you're going to get 300,000 people watching your stadium every year every week of the year for nine months 
let's sponsor our club. You know, it, it's easy advertising. You can have 1.2 million people every two weeks watching yeah. your advert for your business coming up. I think... I think on that basis, Callum, I think well, you know, what Johnny's arguing there, I think, is that the next TV deal is going to be the the, uh, the acid test of all the big one, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? I think yeah, so. it has yeah. to be. But, but that, again, it, it, it's annoying that, you know, they're putting out a survey saying, oh, would you charge, would you pay £6.95 again a week? That's yeah. what, that's nearly, nearly 30 quid a week on top of your Sky subscription for four games. Yeah. Well, then, what you should be doing is following the NRL model and having this, like, watch NRL app like we have over here that you yeah. pay 100 and odd pounds and get the other, the get all games. six yeah. games. I completely yeah. agree have with that. that for them. Yeah. Because it's pointless because we're yeah. constantly making short-term uh, yeah. strategies. <laughs> and this is yeah. all about long-term. I, I, I do agree with that because that watch NRL app is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, we have it every year. Yeah, we're we glued to it every year, aren't we? Think you can watch every single game whenever that's you right. want. You can have 20-minute yeah, highlight right. videos. It's but, brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Johnny, we need we need to we need to wrap yeah. up, right? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put you on the clock, right? I'm going to put you on the clock, and I'm going to give you 60 seconds, okay? And I want you to, I, I want in those 60 seconds, I want you to tell me that in five years' time, I want you to tell me what you want rugby league to look like in five years' time, okay? Um, because of everything that's going on now, can you do that in 60 seconds? So we'll All have right. a go. All right, are you ready? Uh, has he gone? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd gone. All right, no. ready? All right. I thought you were going to say go. I am, am going to say go. <laughs> thought he was racing me. Then, didn't he? Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Go. Okay, so five years time, we're going to have a sixteen-team Super League. That's what I'd like. I'd like a team in London. I'd like a branded Manchester team, whether it's Swinton, Salford, do not care. I'd like a uh, having one in Leeds, obviously, and I'd like to really um, narrow down their media markets and get them sorted. Ideally, one in the North East as well. Um, I'd also like to see an East and a West division in order to limit costs and really bring down the league. I'd like to have two French teams definitely in Super League. And, you know, if there's any... And, especially a rebranded Super League because I'm fed up of typing Super League in and seeing the women's Super League and football. Mm. Rugby League should be the highlight and the high point, so ERL should definitely be the main one in order to limit to the NRL. I'd like all games on Sky with a bigger TV deal and yet more more teams marketing the sport well, more marketing from the RFL and international test rugby three times mid-season and a tour at the end of the year either a tour in Asian or us and also yeah just International Rugby League Super League sort yourselves out RFL your ideas and hire someone that isn't the man next door brilliant well it was 1 minute 22 seconds <laughs> that's not bad that. <laughs> that's not bad that <laughs> now it's pretty good but I'll tell you what you kept it going for that I'm proud of you for that you did really well there mate. That, was, that was good do you know yeah. what and I hope you're right. At one point, I thought I was talking to Brian McDermott when he was talking about all these big cities and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, not like them small club that he went on scope. Exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if Johnny's vision comes true, Callum, Bobby, yeah. I'll tell you what, if it comes true, we won't be in a bad position, will we? No, no not at all. So let's hope, let, let's well, hope that you know, IMG do make it happen. 
I did pre- I did predict some birdies to be Warrington coach by the end of the year, so you know, you never know. No, you never know. This prediction might be right. Yeah, slightly easier, <laughs> mate. I'll be honest. I'll be I'll be honest. It's, it's not even one out of two that is that's slightly yeah. that's slightly better. <laughs> Uh, right, well, uh, thank you again, Johnny. That's, uh, but I think that just about wraps us up for the, um, this episode. Um, so thanks for staying with us all this time. Uh, we will be back next week for the final pod of the season, um, where we'll be doing an end-of-season review, I think. Yes, we're going to go through each team, and we're going to give them a grading, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to give them our grading, yeah. which is much more important this than the real grading. This is the real one. This yeah. is the real grading. <laughs> Um, so yes I look forward to doing that next week and if you want to catch Johnny's pod Rambling of a Saint yes then, um, then uh, he's going yeah. to be doing some reviews for each of the teams yes the where can well. people find you yeah. Johnny uh, they can find me on Twitter personally at John Lou 13 if you don't already and at Rambling Saint 7 find me on Spotify Apple Podcast and yes yeah, that's why it was a minute and 22 because I ramble on a bit <laughs> brilliant well there we go that's where you can uh, catch Johnny so make sure you go and check him out um, but like I say that's us for this week we'll be back next week so from all of us here at the Loose Forward podcast for this week it's goodbye bye bye bye, bye.